Romans 8 and verse 32, if you'd find that in your Bible, it says this, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You know, the Christmas season is a lot of different things to different people. We think about that and talk about it some. It's time off from work. It's time off from school. It's, it's time with family and friends. But it's also a time of giving. Most You hear that phrase frequently. It's a season of giving. But not just giving presents. About giving encouragement, giving help, giving hope, giving love, giving support giving appreciation, giving ourselves. But most importantly, it's a gift or a recognition of the gift of God's Son, the greatest gift. Whether you realize this tonight, today or think about it today, this morning, it's God is the greatest giver ever, without dispute. And the greatest gift He could give us is His Son. Look at this verse again, and let's read it together before we pray. Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. Let's read. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Today we're going to focus on one of the most basic, but I think obvious attributes of God. And that's his generosity, his giving, his benevolence. Let's pray as we begin. Father, thank you for your word today. And Father, we know that it's true. We've also seen that it's true. Because you've given us so much. And we know how undeserving we are. And yet you're so loving and caring and giving. And I pray that each of us today could just reconnect in a fresh new way, with how good and giving you are. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You know, we have so much, really, to be thankful for. And we owe it all to God. The Bible says in the book of James that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. He's given us so much. 1 Timothy 6 says this, Who gave, uh, who giveth, us richly all things to enjoy. And God blesses us. And sometimes we think of blessings only in material things, how much money we make, what kind of car we drive, the clothes we wear. But God's gracious gifts are seen in so many ways other than that. And the primary way is the fact that He gave His Son. I call your attention again to Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. It says, He that spared not his own son. I mean, that's digging pretty deep to show how much you care for someone in giving your own son. Notice the the next phrase in verse 32, but delivered him up for us all. The word, that phrase, delivered him up, means to give into the hands of another. God didn't just sit by passively while they took his son, he, he delivered him up. 
He gave His Son. He offered His Son. And, and He did that for us. Who gave His Son, spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up. How shall He not with Him freely give us all things? Ed Goodman, many years ago, was a marketing executive with Hallmark Cards. And in 1944, he jotted down on a 3 by 5 card these words, and it became a part of their brand. When you care enough to send the very best. And when God sent His Son, it's because He cared enough to send His very best. Born of a virgin, miraculously born, humbly born in a stable. And the purpose is that He might give us salvation. The wages of sin is death, but the what? Gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He is a gift. Galatians says, who gave himself for our sins. He gave himself for our sins. He gives us salvation. Salvation is a gift. It's not something we earn or deserve. It's a gift. And by the way, he gives us salvation. And because he gives it to us, it's a gift to us, it costs us nothing. But that does not mean it didn't cost somebody something. You know, children, I can remember uh, those days when uh, we had small children in the days that I was a child and Christmases were really special and, and there would be gifts under the tree. And, and uh, I, I don't think when I sat around the, and opening gifts or looked at gifts as I was a child, and I, didn't, I knew I didn't have to pay for them. I knew they were provided for me. And I couldn't wait to get down to the important business of finding out what's in those wrapped packages. But, but it never entered, entered my mind, I don't think, what it cost. Because somebody had to pay for those gifts. And salvation is a gift. And you don't have to pay for salvation, it's a gift. But someone had to pay for it. And God paid for it by giving His Son. And Jesus paid for it by going to the cross. In the book of Titus, Paul writes, who gave Himself For us. For what? For our salvation. Now what does that mean to be saved? We hear that phrase a lot, but what does it really mean? Jesus used this language. He said it's it's like being born again. It's having a new birth. It's becoming a new person. Old things are passed away. All things become new. It means forgiveness of sin. Not some sins, not most sins, all sins. Sins of the past, sins of the present. It means forgiveness of sins. It means a pardon. A pardon means it's looked at you. God looks at us, and once we're saved, if we've been born again, God looks at us as though we never had sinned. I, I'll be honest with you, I can't always look at people who've sinned as though they never sinned, but God does not look at us and hold our sins against us. Why? Because those sins have been paid for in the death of His Son, in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Salvation is is a new life. Salvation is forgiveness of sin. Salvation is the promise of heaven, eternal life at a a cost, a great cost, but it's a gift. Look what it says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now salvation is a gift. And the Bible makes that very clear in more than one place. If you're sitting here today thinking that somehow you have to earn your salvation or God only saves those that deserve it or maybe you've got to do more good things to be saved, 
I want to tell you today, according to the Bible, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy that He hath saved us. None of us deserve salvation. Salvation is a gift. And I want you to think about that today because it's very possible there are people here today who've never received that gift. You've never personally received Christ as your Savior. And you may be thinking, well, I, I, I know I must have to do something. Yeah, you have to receive the gift. You have to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. But as I think about how good and gracious and giving and benevolent God is, and God is. I mean, how could anybody have more of a gracious spirit than someone who would give their son to die for wicked sinners? That's the love of God. But sometimes people have the idea that once you're saved, that God quits being generous or quits being a giver. But that verse says, if he gave his only son, I'm still looking at verse 32, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God God demonstrated his love for us when he gave his son to die for us. But that doesn't mean that God quit being loving and caring and benevolent and generous toward us. God wants to continue to show his goodness and his mercy and his grace in many, many ways. You're in Romans chapter 8. Go to the left a page or two to Romans chapter 5. I'll just mention a few of these verses as we move along. But Romans chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, Now, in case you're not familiar here with this portion of Scripture, the one man that's offense brought death was Adam, the first man. And when he sinned, when Adam sinned, sin came upon the whole race. So if by one man's offense death reigned by one, in Romans 5, 17, much more. They which have received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now that's not just talking about going to heaven, it's talking about the way we live our lives, reign in life. Heaven's wonderful and we'll see it one day, but what about right now? What about in this life? How, how are we supposed to manage and get through in this life? The Bible says in verse 17 there, that, he get, that we receive abundance of grace. The word abundance means that it's overflowing. It's not just giving out by measure. There's more than you can imagine. There's more grace than you and I can imagine. You know where it comes from? It comes from God. The Bible says where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. The more more sin there is, the more grace has abounded. And notice what else it says in verse 17. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one much more. They which receive abundance of grace, notice this, and of the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. You know what that means? When you get saved, God God gives you the gift of righteousness. And when I look at myself in the mirror, I don't always see someone that deserves to be called righteous. But God says I am. The gift of righteousness. The gift of His righteousness. The point is that when God gave His Son, He showed us how much He cared and how much He loves us and wants to give to us. But as the saying you've heard before, the the gift that keeps on giving, he's the gift that keeps on giving. 
He keeps on giving. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says this about him, that he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How many of you say, well, I'm saved. What does that mean? He says, every spiritual blessing there is to be found is yours in Christ Jesus. He just keeps on giving. The same chapter, Ephesians 1, says that we're accepted in the beloved. That means that God accepts us just like we are. Isn't that an amazing thing? We're accepted in the beloved. He, ex- he accepts us, not based on who our friends are, not even based on what our track record is, or based on how much money we have. He accepts us in the beloved. Now, by the way, if you know, in life we think that we have to work to meet somebody's approval, but in eternal things, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, He accepts you just the way you are. Now, I ought to say this. He doesn't accept us that we, so that He can continually forever be approving of our disobedience or our rebellion or things of that nature. God accepts us, not that we would remain the way we are, but God accepts us the way that we are, that we can become everything He wants us to be. But He still accepts us in Jesus Christ. You're not accepted because of the way you look or where you live. If you're in Jesus Christ, you're accepted in the Beloved. And it's a gift. He gives us peace. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Not as this world giveth. God gives us a peace that Paul says passes all understanding. He didn't just give us salvation. He gives us salvation, but He just keeps giving to us. He gives us righteousness. He gives us acceptance. He gives us peace. He gives us purpose. One of, the, one of the greatest changes that happens in our life when we get saved is we now have a reason to live, a reason to exist. And it's the will of God and doing what God wants us to do. He gives us direction. He says He will establish our thoughts. He will direct our paths. God gives us companionship. He's a friend that sticketh closer than any brother. He gives us comfort when no other comfort can really bring solace to us. He gives us hope, hope that this world can never give. He gives us abundant wisdom. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. He gives us mercy and his mercies are new every morning. He's the gift that just keeps on giving. Don't believe the lie that God is always about getting from us. Some people have that opinion about God, that God is somehow a taker and that he's always wanting more from us, but nothing could be further than the truth. God is the great giver. By the way, he even gives his spirit to live within us, according to 1 Corinthians. He gives his spirit to live within us that we might know the things, catch this, that are freely given to us of God. The Spirit of God, the very Spirit of God lives inside of you if you're saved in order that you might know the things that He freely gives to us. He's given us so much. And not... Separate from that, not disconnected with that, but a, but, but, a, but a part of that is He's given us Himself. God didn't just give us 
a way of life. He gave us life. He gave us His life. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. God doesn't, and I know, I know how the human mind works because sometimes mind works. But people tend to think that if God is giving, then He just gives us things. He gives us health. He gives us a job. He gives us a raise. He gives us a car. He gives us... But I want to tell you, what God gives is not just things. He gives us Himself. What would be better, having the things that God could give or having God who gives the things? He gives us Himself. And we receive Him by faith, not based on His performance, but based on what the Bible says. And when we receive Him, we're receiving Him. We're not just receiving His forgiveness. We're not just receiving His salvation. We're not just receiving His mercy. We're receiving Him. And why has He given us so much? Because it's just the way He is. Because He loves us. Because He cares about us. And that's the God of the Bible. That's the God of the He said, well, I heard say, and people act like, and people said this, and I heard where this person said, you know, I'm telling you, God is good. And God is giving. And you'll never, ever, ever outgive God. Amen. He daily loads us with benefits. Now, you may see that a different way. But to me, it's like, it's like God sends by every day this truckload of benefits. And you may see them, you may not see them, you may not recognize them, but they're there every day. That's the way He is. That's the way God is. And so today, I think we ought to appreciate that. I think we ought to be grateful for what He's done for us. And we ought to think about this during this season, how good and gracious and giving God is. But how should we respond to that? What should be our response to that? My mind goes to John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, where the Bible says this. He, talking about Jesus, he was in the world. He did come to the world. That's what we celebrate this morning. He came to the world. He was in the world. And the world was made by him. That song earlier talked about imagining God whose hands are so tiny. He made everything. From nothing. Jesus Christ did. And yet he came to this world. He was in the world. And the world was made by him. John chapter 1 says. And the world knew him not. They didn't recognize him. And much of the world still didn't recognize him. He was in the world. The world knew him not. He came into his own. And his own received him not. They rejected him. I'm talking about how should we respond to the goodness of God. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not, but as to as many as received him. That's us, if you're saved, or if you ever will be saved. He gave us the right, the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now think about this. There were many in his world that did not want him. You may 
have never thought about that, but they didn't want him. Now, a lot of them wanted his healing. They wanted the food. They wanted the fishes and the loaves. They wanted the things he could do. They wanted to see him walk on the water. This stuff is very, very interesting. They wanted, they wanted what he could do, but they didn't want him. There are probably people like that in our world today, wouldn't you imagine? They want what he can do, but they don't really want him. They didn't want him. His own received him not. But to those who know him, I mean to those who have a relationship with him, when people were bailing out on Jesus, we remember that story in John chapter 6, people were just bailing out on Jesus right and left. And Jesus turned to his disciples and said, what about you? You going to leave me? Peter said, where could we go? You have the words of eternal life. I'll tell you, the people who know him, they not only know about him, but they love him and they appreciate him. We're talking about how good and, God, good and gracious that God is, what a giver he is, but how should we respond to that? And I want to say to you today that we ought to respond to him by receiving him and all he has for us. Receiving him and all he has for us. This morning in uh, the Sunday school class, Brother Wagner was reading from Matthew chapter 2 about the journey of the wise men who came uh, to find him that is born the king of the Jews. He is a king. I'm going to talk about that some in the service tonight. He is a king. And if we really receive him, we ought to receive him and all he has for us. He's not our servant. We ought to be his servants. And when you receive him, please hear me today. If you're sitting here contemplating this whole matter of receiving Jesus Christ, not about joining a church, not about getting baptized, not about pledging to reform your life, but you want to be saved, you want to have a relationship with God, you must receive him as your Savior. When you do, you receive eternal life. You receive his forgiveness. But if you reject him, then you receive eternal damnation. Gifts are gifts. I hope this doesn't happen if you have gift giving around your house. I hope it doesn't happen that, that uh, you give your spouse or your child or your sibling a gift and before they open it say, no, that's going to be 20 bucks. <laughs> gifts are freely given, but they must be received. They're not earned. They're not purchased. They're not merited. They don't cost us, but they cost someone. And to as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. I'm going to say a few more things, but if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I mean, you, know, you don't know that you have truly been born again by the Spirit of God. God loves you. And Jesus came to this earth, not just to establish a holiday. He came to this earth to go to an old rugged cross and to die on the cross for your sins and my sins and the sins of the whole world. And on that cross, he took every sin that you and I have ever committed and he died in our place and he paid the penalty for our sin that we could be forgiven of our sin by receiving him, by believing on the, him for our salvation. If you've never done that, you ought to do that today. You ought to do it right where you sit. You ought to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I want you in my life. I'm, I'm miserable where I am. I need to be forgiven. You ought to receive him. And if you do receive him, and those of us who have received him, we ought to be thankful for what he's done for us. 
it's, it's harder and harder, it seems like to me, to please people. I mean, to really please people. Where people say, wow, that's, that is so good. Thank you so much. But I'm telling you, I never cease to be amazed at Jesus. He is so good. So caring, so loving. Jesus said this of, or Paul said this of Jesus in 2 Corinthians. He says, thanks be unto God for, this, for his unspeakable gift. Unspeakable. Indescribable. Impossible to fully comprehend. And totally undeserved. You can never, ever completely, fully understand the generosity of God. But we ought to be thankful for it. For all that he does for us. And I, I just urge you, as I do every year at this time, I urge you, and all the stuff that goes on with eating and guests and family and friends and gifts and all that stuff, squeeze in a little time for Jesus. Because he's what it's all about. And if you really do, you'll, you'll be amazed. I'm amazed at Jesus Christ. There are a lot of things in life that may disappoint us, but he's never disappointed us. Not one time. As I was thinking about how he continually does things that are unexpected for us. This may seem a little trite, but I was thinking about something happened to my wife and I a week or so ago. We were... We were in, down in Branson, and we went to Silver Dollar City. We go, it's been years since we've been there at Christmas season, but we like to see the lights and different things. So while we were there, uh, we went by this ride. We, we've ridden all the rides, you know, the little kitty rides, and all the roller coasters and whatever. But there was this, this new ride, this roller coaster, and, and let's say we had a, a little time before where we were going, so let's, let's do this. And it was, it was an eye-opener. <laughs> and my wife, if she remembers, the first thing I said when I got off of that roller coaster is, I'll never do that again. No, that's not what I said. But I said to her, that, I, these were my words, that was totally unexpected. And it was. And I've ridden a lot of roller coasters. but So when I get back to where we're staying, I read up on it. And this is what it says about it. It was the world's fastest, steepest, and tallest spinning roller coaster. At one time, it dropped 10 stories, a 90-degree vertical drop, and it wasn't like a long train. It's like you were in these little cubicles, and while you're doing this, each individual one is spinning. So you're dropping 100 feet while it's spinning, and... Several times that after we got off of that, I said to her, I just never expected that. <laughs> and we'll do it again someday. But here's what made me think of this. When I came to Jesus, my life was a wreck. And I didn't come wanting God to pay my bills or give me friends or give me peace. I came because I needed him. I was overwhelmed with my personal sin and with my selfishness. And I was full of shame and misery because of my personal choices in life. And by faith, I heard the gospel like you've heard today. And by faith, I 
believe the gospel, and I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Did he keep his promise? Did he save me? Absolutely. Did he change me? In many ways. But, but so much more. He gave... It, 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 if you would have asked me at that time, you know, if God's going to be with you and, and walk you through the dark times of life and comfort you and strengthen you and give you a world of friends and people that you love and relate to and, and take away the shame and the guilt and the embarrassment of the way that I'd lived my life, the way I've treated my family. If you'd have asked me all those things, I'd have said, that's, that's not possible. I mean, he can't do all that, but I'm telling you, he does all that and much, much more. He just keeps giving. He keeps loading upon us peace and hope and direction and purpose in life. I could never have anticipated how wonderful he could be. And you know what? This is just in this life. What do you think it's going to be like on the other side? And it all is because of Jesus Christ. Here's the verse that I began with. Think about these words. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? With him, along with him, will he not freely give us all things? Now, if you ask me, Preacher, if you ever had a difficult day, or if you ever had problems, you had things you were perplexed about, I'd say absolutely, yes, yes, yes. But we've never been alone in him. He's always been there with us. He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Let me ask you today, do you know him? I'm not asking you if you're a Baptist or if you've been baptized or if you do good or read your Bible. Do you know him? You have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if not, he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to be a part of your life. A real part of your life. But he won't force himself on you. He won't, he won't barge into your life. You have to receive him. You have to ask him. You have to welcome him. You have to put your faith in what he did on the cross for you. Wouldn't you like to do that today if you've never done that? Wouldn't you like to do that today? Wouldn't you like to have the Lord in your life? Wouldn't you like to know that your sins are forgiven? Even though you may remember them with regret and disgust with yourself, as I have and many of us have, to know that God doesn't hold them against you. What an amazing thing. You could receive Him today. By faith, receive Him. He came into his own and his own received him not, but as many as received him. I challenge you to do that today. We'll be here to help you if you say, well, I, I need somebody to help me with that. That's a big decision. We're here. And I challenge you to come today and say, let somebody talk with me and pray with me and help me with this. And if you're saved today, truly born again, let's just be reminded today about how good God is. What a giver. What a giver he is. If he gave his own son, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
Now, can I say something to you today that we ought to be able to figure out, but maybe just need to be reminded? If there's something you want and God doesn't give it to you, it may be that he doesn't want you to have it. Or it may not be that he doesn't want you to have it right now because God is good. Amen? Amen.